Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 787 with Amanda Robinson. You can have the best ad in the world. It could be absolutely perfect, but if you serve it to the wrong people, nobody cares. You can have a mediocre ad, but if you serve that in front of the right people, you're going to make sales. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Bebot is the next generation of point of sale. That's because it's mobile, it's in your pocket, it's fast, and it's so easy for your guests to use. Not to mention it's contactless, it's branded to your restaurant, there's zero commission fees. You can use this technology through takeout, delivery, and dine-in, and it integrates with your POS. Bebot, the contactless order and pay solution powering the future of hospitality. To get your first three months free, go to www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And Seven Shifts is trusted by over 400,000 restaurant professionals because it gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.sevenshifts.com. Slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. What's going on, Unstoppables? We have such a great episode for you today, but a quick reminder to please support the podcast. There's a few different ways you can do it. You can use our sponsors. If you support our sponsors, they continue to buy ad space. It's pretty much that simple. You can use our links. Whenever there's a product or, or tool that's organically recommended, I reach out to that product or tool. I find out they have an affiliate program, and if they do, they'll pay us a commission every time I send somebody their way. You can share this podcast with anybody you know who is aspiring to be a better version of themselves in the restaurant industry. And the best way to support this show, in my opinion, is you can come join Restaurant Unstoppable Network. That's where I'm connecting my guests and these tools and services and technologies and experts with my most loyal listeners. And we're learning together. We're supporting each other. It's a beautiful thing that's happening over there. We're up to 128 members at the time I recorded this, and I could not be more excited about that. So come be a part of the mission to inspire, empower, and transform the industry by coming together and uh, you know sharing knowledge and, and lifting each other up. That's what it's all about. So speaking of the network, a lot of chatter within the network has been happening. And really what I'm looking at the network as is it's a way for me to hear where the pain points are, to hear where, where people want to learn or the, the topics people want to learn about. And then I go out and I find people to to fill the void, to, to answer the questions that my, my network, uh, is looking to have answered. So that's why Amanda Robinson joined us today. There was a lot of uh, requests within the network to do more marketing content, to focus more on some just general content around marketing in a big topic that comes up often is Facebook and Facebook marketing and Facebook ads. So reach out to Amanda. I said, Hey, Amanda, come join us. We would love to learn more about Facebook ads. And Amanda has been doing Facebook ads since Facebook ads were a thing. And uh, she's growing really fast and she's having a lot of success with her career in her, her company. So I figured now's a good time to get her while we still can. Uh, she joined us and it was a really action packed, uh, 
information packed episode. I hope you guys find value. Here it is. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest. She is Amanda Robinson, the digital gal. Amanda, are you feeling unstoppable today? Always, every day. That's how I got here. (laughs) Yes. So uh, today we're going to be talking about Facebook advertising tools that you should be using. But first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? Okay, I'm going to geek out really hard here because I, obviously I do Facebook ads for a living, so it's going to be skewed on the Facebook ad side. Do it. You can, have, you can have the best ad in the world. It could be absolutely perfect, but if you serve it to the wrong people, nobody cares. You can have a mediocre ad, but if you serve that in front of the right people, you're going to make sales. Yes, I, I love that. Um, and I, something that, that like... I feel like the society in general is just focused on reach lately and not so much, fo- not so much focused on quality or, or impact or depth or just finding the right audience. And I feel like there's a shift happening right now. Am I, am I safe in saying that where people are, aren't really focusing on how many people they feed into the bucket, but they're just focusing on the quality of the relationships they have? I think the the systems that they have to use to reach people can be overcomplicated. Facebook, for example, has a very overcomplicated system. So when you're just starting out, you don't really know how to dial it into quality. You're just trying to fumble your way through all the system glitches and issues. And and because of that, they usually don't get further than you get hung up on something and you don't take it any further. And then because of that, your quality suffers. And then you throw your hands up and say, this doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my business. Meanwhile, your competitors are dancing circles around you. And this is, I don't know if this is a reasonable fear to have or concern to have, but it's something that just like kind of dances around in the back of my head. And it's just the, I feel like it feels like in a while we're going towards kind of like what I was explaining before, where it was all about how many people can you get? How many people can you have following you? And we put so much time and energy into getting followers and creating this presence and it takes a lot of work to do that well, to get that kind of following, to put out that kind of content. And I can't help but think to myself, like if you're, because I know how much work it does, takes and you, you do too. Um, but when, when we put that much energy in just to making noise to get followers or whatever, are we missing out on the people that are literally right in front of us? You yes. know, our, our employees, our customers, <laughs> like how can you do both? Like, where do you fall on that, that spectrum? You don't need to do both. And so many business owners are focused just on the vanity metrics, on the likes, on the followers, on the, on the reach, but it really doesn't necessarily matter how many people you're reaching, the quality of who you're reaching. And again, that kind of goes back to that first mantra about the, um, the ads, you get those ads in front of the right people. So the, the, your job is to find the right people. And the content is that, that hook and lure that, that brings the right people into you and repels the wrong people away from you and your business. So you're not needlessly spending ad dollars because it it runs on an algorithm so we're playing an algorithm game and if you're skewing your algorithm if the if you're skewing your um, assets with a whole bunch of people who are not relevant to your business then it's going to cost you more in the long run and be a harder battle for you to win i love this um you're 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 whispering sweet nothings into my ear right now (laughs) um it's the kind of stuff i like to hear so um Real quick, um, I, I do like today. We're going to be talking about Facebook advertising tools that you should be using, and we we have broken this down into creating ads, uh, audience targeting, budgeting strategy, reports, and optimizing. But before we get into those bullets that you share with us, the key things we're going to be discussing, I want to get an idea of who you are um, and why we should be listening to you. What makes you an authority on the subject? 
perfect. So I, I eat, breathe, and sleep Facebook advertising. <laughs> uh, so I am Amanda Robinson. I am the digital gal, and I have been doing Facebook advertising since it was since it first came on scene. And I've grown with the platform over the years. So as Facebook keeps, uh, I call it like a Frankenstein effect, as they keep bolting on new features onto the whole base, and things are conflicting and not necessarily talking well to each other. I've grown with the platform and been working with different business owners over the years to troubleshoot every little nook and cranny of every little issue that pops up. And I've learned to an intimate level uh, how the inner workings of the Facebook ad system works, what works for small business, local business, and what doesn't work. Um, I'm also the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. And I am an international speaker. I don't like talking about myself very much. I just like doing the work. I also run uh, my Swift Kick in the Ads membership. I love um, the branding. And I and I work with individual clients. So it's I, I get the pleasure and benefit of helping a, an entire range of different types of businesses. And I my troubleshooting game is on point. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so happy to have you here. So let's just get right into it. Uh, I'm just going to get out of your way. Take us through the, the subject and uh, the, the information you want to drop on us. Perfect. All right. So when it comes to running Facebook ads or doing Facebook advertising as a small business, I break this into four loving little compartments. The first one is creating ads using Ads Manager. So getting yourself, weaning yourself off of that boost post button and diving into the deep end, understanding the technical back end of how to use Ads Manager and learning what all of the little options, ins and outs are. So by creating ads using Ads Manager, you are taking more control of driving the success of those ads instead of just handing your budget blindly over to Facebook and saying, oh, okay, you go do it for me because I don't really know what I'm doing. When you're boosting a post, it's okay to boost a post if you're starting. It's all right. But if you're starting to spend more than 150, 200, getting up to 500 a month with just clicking that boost post button, it's time to jack up that strategy, get off a boosting post, learn how to use Facebook's ads manager. And this works for both Facebook ads and Instagram ads. That's how you run ads on both. And starting to up the quality and the optimization of what you're actually doing and take back control. So that's Step one is learning how to create those ads using Ads Manager, and it changes frequently. Literally, Facebook changes changes its mind more than a teenage girl. So by staying current with the platform and learning how to be agile with it, it's going to be it's going to bring you more success as a business owner. So that's step one. Step two audiences and targeting. So when it comes to targeting, especially if you're a local business like a restaurant, you really can't do all of the fancy targeting and use all of the all the tips and tricks that the gurus are saying when it comes to how to target and reach your audiences by using all these complex different options. Why you can't we? Kind of, why 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 are we limited? Limited. You're land you're landlocked. People are going to drive to your restaurant or they're going to walk to your restaurant. Okay. So by using all of these fancy uh, options, say if you keep adding on a whole bunch of demographic targeting or a whole bunch of um, interests and behavior targeting, really if you if you're just working in a in a twenty five mile radius and that's it. That's the furthest people are going to drive to your location and then chuck a, a bridge or a barrier or a river in between where, you know, there's always traffic and people aren't coming across. You know your geography. You're locked by geography. So if you take that geography and you have an audience size of, say, 100,000 people in that area, and then you try to get really fancy about it and add in all of these different parameters that people are telling you to, before you know it, your audience size has been whittled down to 2,500. And of that 2,500, well, maybe only... 
500 are actually active that week on Facebook that you're running your ads and you're competing against all of these other advertisers also competing for that exact same audience attention span. And you may not, may not even show up or be eligible to show up in the newsfeed. So it's, it's complex, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. If you're a local business, you need to simplify it. But the understanding your audience, understanding how to target your audience and what's relevant is going to make a huge, huge difference for you on your budget. Awesome. So um, are you planning on going through the, the other two things briefly, like an overview before? Because sure. I'll ask you a bunch yeah. of questions yeah, that I don't want to throw me, you off I'll, your game. I'll go quick over okay. the other two and then dig in and ask me everything. <laughs> All right, sounds good so then step three, budget and strategy. So by having a strategy that actually matches your budget is going to be huge. When people say, how much do I need to spend on Facebook ads? I'm like, I could sit here and tell you, spend two grand a month and we can get a nice robust strategy in behind it. But if you only have 500, 500 a month to spend, We're not going to spread you thin across this robust strategy. It doesn't make sense. So it's managing those expectations of what you can achieve with your ads and knowing that on a 500 a month budget, maybe that 500 a month isn't going to be getting me, you know, a customer in the door and sales on the spot. Maybe it's doing the heavy lifting of reaching and driving awareness and the rest of my marketing can take over. So it's managing expectations with your budget, matching it to a strategy. And then last but not least, the part that gets most neglected by business owners reporting and optimizing. So answering that huge question of how do I know my Facebook ads are actually working? And they look at a report, they see one number of results and they go, oh, oh, I got that many clicks. What does that mean? And they don't dig in any further. But if you actually peel back the layers and see and and start putting context behind the results, you can start to see, oh, wow, I got a whole bunch of clicks, but they were heavy delivering in this placement where a bunch of people are accidentally clicking because they're trying to uh, click through on an app where they're being shown an ad and it's a false click. So once you start to understand the reporting and, and understand what the numbers mean, you can optimize your ads even better, reach the right people and get your ads actually working for you. I love it. Great overview. So let's get right into creating ads using Facebook ad manager. Where, where do we even find that? Where does this live in Facebook? Okay, I'm going to give you the heads up now. There's a lot going on behind the scenes with Facebook as um, when it comes to the business side of things. There's lots of different nooks and crannies. You've got ads manager. You have business manager. You have business suite. You have audiences. You have all sorts of different places. You have commerce manager. There's so many places you can get lost in Facebook, but what you're looking for is ads manager. You can access it through all sorts of different ways in the back end of Facebook. Best way I'd suggest is go to business.facebook.com and then navigate through your menu screens that way to get into Ads Manager. So Ads Manager is, the the way I like to break this up is that um, people confuse the terms business manager and ads manager all the time. Perfectly makes sense because they're both called a manager. They do totally different things. Business Business manager is, think of it like your home security system. It's the gatekeeper that gives access control to the different rooms. So that's what your business manager is. Your ads manager is kind of like Santa's workshop. That's where, you know, the elves go and actually build the ads. That's where you go in and you get to tinker with all the different settings. And that's where you get to build your ads and do all the magic. So ads manager is ultimately where you want to be. Okay. So when we're creating these ads using the ads manager, what are some of the key um, mistakes, key things that people miss that we should know about, like get into some of the nitty gritty there. So to to preface this ads manager, one of the big differences that I really like when you're going, when you're migrating from boosting posts and getting into um, ads manager, 
the very first thing you're going to be doing is creating a campaign and they're going to ask you for your objective. So the objective is what's the ultimate goal of this campaign? What do you want it to achieve? And you can ask, you can set the goal of that campaign to be things such as I want more engagement. That's likes, um, likes, clicks, comments, shares. You could say, I want more traffic to my website. So that's people, you want link clicks or landing page views, people clicking off to go to your website, or you want video views. You want lots of people to watch 15 seconds or more of the video that you're putting out there. There are different objectives that you can choose from. And when you start creating ads using ads manager, you have a whole, whole myriad of uh, objectives to choose from. You have so many more choices compared to um, boosting a post where they kind of streamline it down to, I think, three or four choices that they're kind of choosing for you, depending on what type of post you're trying to boost. So Facebook is taking a lot of control and, uh, and streamlining it and taking a lot of choices away from you on the boosted post side, but you have so many more choices on the ads manager side. Now, where a lot of business owners do fall into a little trap when they're first starting out, they all want conversions. They all want purchases. So they set up their ad saying, all right, I want to get a purchase. I want to get, I want to get purchases and I'm going to run a $500 ad to a, a conversions objective and optimize it for purchases. Well, what ends up happening there is if you can't get 50, 50, 50 of those conversions that you're asking for within a seven day period of time, Facebook can't optimize it properly for you. So you're kind of spending money on a more expensive objective versus if you had just backed it down to a less expensive objective and went for a traffic, you just went clicks to your website. It's generally a little less expensive. And if you're not able to achieve those 50 purchases in a week, then a traffic objective might be a little more appropriate. So these are the types of little things that I teach you in the, uh, the four-week Facebook ads boot camp that I run generally every other month. It's part of the Swift Kick and the Ads membership. So it's learning the back end of Ads Manager and learning what all those different things and choices and options mean and not getting overwhelmed by it, but navigating it one step at a time. So learning one piece at a time, getting used to it, and then starting to move on to the next. Okay, so in in regards to creating ads, the first bullet that you gave me today, uh, are there anything or any other elements regarding the subject that you want to cover before I start asking my questions? No, we can. You can just ask away. Okay, there's, there's too much, so just, we can go down any rabbit hole we want. <laughs> so when it comes to say purchases, for example, everybody wants to use Facebook ads for more purchases, but you need a minimum of fifty purchases for Facebook to optimize. Um, give me an example of why a restaurant would be wanting would be creating ads for the for the objective of purchases, or is there another example that's more closely related to the restaurant industry? That's like one of these like little secrets that you just dropped on us that you see come up more often when it comes to the restaurant and food and beverage industry? Well, not necessarily the food and beverage industry, but talking more about small and local business. Um, so we, when we, this kind of dovetails into audiences and targeting. There's warm audiences and cold audiences. So people who are familiar with you, that's a warm audience, and people who have no clue who you are, that's a cold audience. So when you're doing your advertising, you want to be able to, you don't have to go for huge objectives like, purchases using conversions. You can do things like do an objective that's asking for engagement or video views. So all you want people to do is click a like or react to the video or watch the video, for example. And by running ads to that, what you're doing in the back end is you're growing an audience of people who have taken that action. And then you can you can retarget those people because they took that action. 
So the retargeting power of Facebook is where the real magic happens. But first, you need to reach that cold audience of your your ideal people with your first round of t- first round of Facebook ads. So you're reaching a cold audience, and then after those people have engaged with the page, or after or engaged with your Instagram, or watched 15 seconds or more of that video, or even three seconds or more of that video, you can create audiences. Um, based on that criteria to retarget those people with further advertising. And that's where the real magic and power comes in for small and local businesses is to make sure that you're staying present, top of mind, and getting back out in front of the people who you know are your people. So instead of constantly chasing the unicorn of cold audiences and trying to just wave a giant flag of, of attention span, like, look at me, look at me, stop it. Use the cold, use the cold audience targeting. So you're kind of your geographic targeting, your location, your landlocked targeting to make sure that you're you're trying to attract new people who haven't seen you before, but then use the power of retargeting to keep getting back out in front of the warm audiences of people who already know you. And you can do that with, with cheap and cheerful objectives like engagement or video views to build those audiences. So focus on building those audiences, more on building the audiences and getting a high quality of people in that audience versus chasing down new people. Okay, so to make sure I understood uh, the the first goal when you're thinking of when you're creating these ads, you're thinking of audience targeting. The first thing you need to be thinking of is just, is just making that first impression. You're going for cold leads. And when you're doing the cold leads, you want to focus on um, the objective is video views or you just want to be seen first. And then the once you put out like how much content do you think we should put out before we have made enough impressions to start switching towards, okay, now, now I've made a few connections. Now I want to do the retargeting. You're going to notice it in your, once you, it's going to be different for every single business, <laughs> but when you start running ads for your retargeting audiences, trying to reach those warm audiences, people getting back out in front of them over and over and over again. One thing, one of the indicators that it's too soon or you need to grow your audience size even more is when you start running ads on, say you, say you have a hundred dollars that you want to spend on a campaign and you're running it to your warm audience of people, but your ads are getting shown in front of the same people over and over and over again. And the same, say the same thousand people are getting 4,000 impressions. What that means is you have a frequency of hitting the same people at a frequency of four times each. And that can start to climb really high. So if you start getting, if you start repeating that same ad in front of the same people over and over and over, you can exhaust your audiences and your ad costs will start to go up. So by paying attention to the reporting, you'll be able to notice, okay, maybe it was too soon for me to start retargeting these people. Uh, I'll give you an example. So not not a restaurant example, but here I'm in Victoria, British Columbia. And um, especially throughout the pandemic, they the, the whale watching tours have been targeting local residents instead of targeting tourists mm-hmm. because they still need to keep business rolling. But here in Victoria, there's, there's a population size that is re- relatively small. <laughs> and so when they're running their ads, they only have a certain population size to work with. And that's going to be the same for the food and beverage industry. You only have a certain population surrounding um, your actual physical location. And so what was happening is they were serving the same ads over and over and over. I must have seen the same breaching blue whale image about 30 times across the course of several months. And that's okay. If you only have one audience size to work with, I get it. But you can still take other tactics like serve me an orca or give me a seal. Like change it up. Just change it up. So it's okay if you have to hit the same people over and over and over again, but you need to get a little more creative with your advertising. So when it comes to how soon or how do I know if I have a big enough audience size to retarget, you're going to want to understand how those reports work 
to be able to watch for those little indicators of if you're exhausting your audience or if you're not. And then there are different courses that you could take of action to, to mitigate that. Okay. So maybe we can, I'll hold off and pull and baffle layers on that until we get to reports and optimizing. Um, anything else regarding audience targeting that you haven't hit on that you want to bring to the conversation now? Audience targeting, just focus it in two different compartments, your cold audiences and your warm audiences, and don't treat them the same. So don't treat a cold audience like a lead. They're not your leads yet. They're just people that you need to get the attention of. Your warm audiences, you want to turn them into leads. Okay, so get get into how you would treat a warm. I think you kind of explained well with the cold audience. You're just looking to like get their attention, like the pull that like to get their eyes and to get their likes. But how does the conversation change once you've captured them and now you're they're a warm audience? Like how do you how does the tone change? How does the conversation change? I would I would my ask would change. So the the way that I would kind of roll it out, depending on how much budget you have and how, how much you have to work with is a cold audience. My initial goal is just to get a reaction out of them. And you can do that by being funny, by being emotional, um, by being scroll stopping. Yeah. So those are ways that you can just hook that. Attention Shock and span. awe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's all you want. Grab that attention span. And then <clears throat> once you've got that attention span, Every, every action we're, ta- we're asking people of costs us more money. So if we're asking for a like or a comment, those are very low-key touch points. It keeps people on Facebook's platform or Instagram's platform. So it doesn't cost us very much. But the next stage would be, okay, well, they've, they've interacted with us. Now let's see if we can get them over to our website. Let's give them a reason to go check us out. So you can run ads to try and entice them to get to the website, giving them some reason to click over, whether it's a blog, whether it's an article, whether it's, um, you know, check out our latest specials this week, something along those lines, get them to the website. Once they've hit your website, you will have your Facebook tracking pixel installed on your website. And if you don't stop, drop and roll, go do that right now. Um, and then once they've been to your website, you have a website visitors audience. You can retarget your website visitors. So step one, get attention. Step two, let's try to get them to your website. Step three, now let's give them an offer or a reason to, to become a customer. So if you can focus on cold audiences or just at that step one level, and then warm audiences are all the rest of the way. So you can incrementally get them to take additional action. So if you're trying to get people to click off of Facebook and go to your website, your costs are going to increase a little bit. If you want to use a lead form on Facebook and get their, their phone number, their email, their information, it's going to cost you a little bit more. If you want them to enter a messenger conversation and say, if you have a messenger marketing chat bot, which I love by the way, for restaurants, if you have a chat bot connected, um, it's going to cost you more money because those interactions Facebook knows are very valuable to you as a business owner. And if you're trying to ultimately get a purchase, it's going to cost you even more money. So depending on how much budget you have, not all businesses can do all of those stages effectively. So you might need to just back your expectations down, just focus on one compartment of that and, and perfect that one compartment and then start branching out and expanding. What's a typical budget for a single unit operator restaurant, would you say? I would say that you should be spending around $500 a month on your Facebook ads. And and if that makes you go, as in, oh, that's kind of a lot. I'm not really willing to spend that. Think about it this way. If you boost a post here or there for $25 or $50, you know, if you're boosting a post a week for $50, then you're already spending $200 a month. So okay. it, it adds, it does add up. Um, and it, if you start advertising more consistently, you can grow those audiences. You can get back out in front of the same people over and over, and you can start turning that attention span into customers on an ongoing, long-term basis. So I don't want you to be looking at your ads as in, you know, flip the switch on, ads are on, special is on. 
And then a week later, flip the switch off. Special is off. Did it work or did it not? So it's you consistent. Should, you should, yeah, you should really be looking and focusing at, on your ads as a long-term game of growing that attention span, growing momentum with it, and keeping that momentum rolling constantly. Okay, so I'm going to re, um, regurgitate. And this is probably the worst way to say read back what I've learned, but um, whatever. Um, <laughs> so the big, the big two things I've I've pulled. Uh, one. Uh, separate into two separate audiences. You have your engaged cold. You want to, you, you have your cold audience and your warm audience. You want to, so you treat those two audiences separately. Uh, the, the, the cold audience, you want to focus on just getting their attention and you do that best by being funny, being emotional, shock and awe, just get their attention. And then once you've captured them, you can retarget them and the goal for, and they become warm. And then with the warm, you want to focus on calls to action. Um, offer them a buy one, get one, maybe offer to buy them uh, a free birthday meal. Right. And when you're, when you're having these calls to action, is there some other way to be sneaky or, uh, effective where like you're, you're getting them to fill out some fields where you're getting their name and their email. Um, like where, where do we start to tie in like the, that, that data collection when it comes to communicating with these warm audiences? It's going to be different for every single business, every single industry. I can see that we've got Brandon in the yeah, comments saying we spend 3K a month on marketing. Damn. Um, and then if when he buys Facebook ads, his budget's usually 500 a campaign. So it, it really is going to be dictated on how much budget you do have to work with and how your particular audience is responding. So if you're based in, in New York and you are competing for restaurant attention span, your ad cost, you're going to burn through that 500 pretty darn quickly. But if you're in like rural Nebraska and you know, you're one of the only audience, uh, one of the only restaurants with a 50 mile radius, then you, you can probably stretch that 500 so much further and get to the point where you can ask for leads, get people to download a coupon offer and get that, you know, two for one come in for appetizers. You can, you have a lot more play wiggle room in play. So it is going to be a, just a sensitive balance between how much budget you have versus how the, the audience population you're working with and how well people are responding at those different stages of converting from a warm audience or a cold audience into warm. And then from there, how easily and how low cost it gets you to, it is for you to get them onto your website. Okay. And then from there you can get more creative. You can do run offers. You can get them into a chat bot. You can, um, you can have them fill out a lead form. You can you can get a lot more creative. But what, but that's just walk before you run. So instead of going from zero to all right, I want leads filling out the lead form so we can follow up with them tomorrow. It's going to be your and to put this in perspective. Anytime you're trying to get information from somebody, such as an, an email or a phone number, probably ballpark about a dollar per lead on the low end. Okay. If you're getting less than that, then you've got you've got a really good thing going on and <laughs> run with it. Okay. But it, a dollar a lead is, you know, relatively acceptable. So if you're spending $500 on a lead ad and you're getting 500 leads, then then that that makes sense, but if you're trying to go to a cold audience who doesn't know you with that $500 to get leads, you're probably going to end up with many fewer leads and it's going to be your ad cost is going to be so much more expensive. Got it. Okay. So, um, you did mention geo tracking or pixels, uh, dropped. What was it? Drop, stop, drop and roll pixel. You <laughs> stop what you're doing right now. If your <laughs> pixel is not on your website, I, I, we cannot be friends. Okay. We so, <laughs> um, I'm not going to pull back the layers on that, but real quick, um, give my audience a call to action where they can go to learn more about that. What you're going to do is you're going to go into the back end, whether it's you're going to go to business.facebook.com into your own business settings. You're going to look for events manager. 
And in Events Manager, you're going to find your pixel. And that's where you're going to take that tiny little snippet of code and you're going to install that onto your website. There's a whole, Facebook has a whole walkthrough, step-by-step um, guided guided walkthrough on how can to Can you do share that, that video doing. with me? Is that video public? Can you share that video with me so I can uh, link to it in the show notes? Oh, actually, yes, I can. I actually okay. have a, a video on how to set up your pixel. Beautiful, send that awesome. After. That will be in the show notes. And this is, I believe, going to be uh, Restaurant Unstoppable episode 787. So if you guys want to go find that, that's where you'll find it. Um, okay, so um, that was a great spot to take a break to thank our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Bbot is the next generation of point of sale. That's because it's mobile, in your pocket, fast, and it's so easy for your guests to use. Here's how it works. Using near-field communication or QR technology, the guest touches their phone to the location marker, which automatically pulls up your menu. Then the guest selects their order, pays, and tips all directly from their phone. The order gets shot to the kitchen or bar. It's that simple. And one of the things I love about Bbot is that it makes the ordering process so much more efficient, meaning your guest will get more time with their server, which means they'll be happier, which means your servers are going to get better tips, which means everybody wins. You win, your guests win, and your servers win. Not to mention, it's contactless. It's branded to your restaurant. There's zero commission fees. You can use this technology through takeout, delivery, and dine-in, and it integrates with your POS. Bbot, the contactless order and pay solution powering the future of hospitality. To learn more, go to www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you'll get your first three months free. That's www.bbot.menu slash unstoppable. We are back and let's get into budget strategy and reports and optimizing. Go for it. Okay. So budgets, we've been talking a lot about your warm audiences, cold audiences. We've been talking about not treating them the same. And uh, we've been talking about how for every single business, you know, how do we know how much to spend? How do we know when to start retargeting? That's going to be different for every single business. So to understand that, we need to have a strategy in behind it. We need to manage those expectations. So when I'm talking about strategy, we'll talk strategy first, budget second. Strategy first. So manage the, you're managing your expectations. And when it comes to managing those expectations, for example, we need to have measurable results. Well, most people think of a measurable result of how many people came in the door and purchased a meal. That's a, that's a measurable result that you hope your ads would result in. But when you're first starting out your advertising, or if you don't have a good foundation of this already, your first focus should be, how do we get people to engage with our business? Engagement should be the first measurable metric that you're looking for. And that should be the first strategy, the first thing that you're focusing on. Just get attention span, get people to engage with your business. And the way you do that, you're doing your cold audience targeting. You're using tactics such as, like we mentioned, trying to get people to um, have to laugh, to have an emotional response. You're either using storytelling, you're using shock and awe, scroll stopping, something to capture attention span. And if that's the, if that's where you're at, that's the that's the portion of your strategy that you should be focusing on. And when you have that nailed down, when that's working for you, then we expand your strategy into, okay, now how can we target our warmer audiences? And we start looking at retargeting your video viewers, your engage with page, looking at your website visitors, looking at your email list. So there's all sorts of different ways that we can retarget people so we can focus on those audience sizes. How big is is that audience size? Do we need to put more work into growing our email list? All right, let's do campaigns to focus on that. 
from a strategy perspective? Do we need to put more focus into getting more video viewers because we've been doing all this work over here, getting people to our website, but we have no videos on our page, nobody's watching. And that happens to be a very cheap and cheerful, wonderful um, tactic to start reaching more audiences and retargeting. So when you, video, when, the power of video. When you say manage expectations, what I think how that interprets in my mind is if you're new to Facebook marketing, if you're a new business, you got to feed the funnel first. Yes. <laughs> so yes. you can't expect you haven't you haven't made any impressions, you haven't captured any data, you don't have anything, yeah. you don't have a list, you don't have pixels, you don't have followers, you don't you need to get out there and make some noise, make, bump up against a few people and, and the best ways to yeah. bump up are by um having them engage with your posts, by having them go to your website uh and, and tagging them with a pixel and having them give them your email address. What are the thing, other things I'm missing as far as different ways to bump up? So you're going in the right direction. But when, so when it comes to businesses, even when you were saying, you know, if, if you're just starting out and don't have all of this data, there are businesses, the business isn't just starting out. The business might have lots of emails and customers and you might have a ton of data off of Facebook. So your goal, even though you might think you have all of this already locked down, you don't have any of it related to your ad account related to your pixel, related to your you as an advertiser, related to your business on Facebook. None of it's related yet. So goal one, we need to get we need to get the people who already love you engaging with you. So as far as your your audiences on Facebook are concerned, if if you haven't been doing all that work, those people are technically still a cold audience until they click like on one of your posts. So that's and a lot of people are are skipping over that step and just going straight to you know, okay, well, now I'm going to start advertising on Facebook and I'm going to run an ad to get purchases. And I already know I've got raving fans out there. But based on the constraints of Facebook's advertising system, Facebook might be heavy delivering your ads over to people that don't even care about you yet. So it, it's, it's a, you have to learn how, I don't want to say manipulate system, you have to learn how to work within the constraints of the system to reach the right people first. And once, once you've learned how to reach the right people, then you can start growing the audience sizes, and once you're growing audience sizes, then you start going in for the going in for the kill. That sounds terrible. You can start going in for the ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, zoom up to thirty thousand feet real quick. Um, okay. Touch on the elements under budget strategy that you want to present before I start making you go down these little rabbit holes. Budget and strategy. The ultimate, like the overarching takeaway out of that is you have to have a realistic strategy to match up to the budget that you have to work with. So if you have a budget of $200 a month to spend, you're not going to be doing your cold audience targeting, warm audience targeting, then putting out offers and and doing all of these fancy things and testing different audiences. You're not going to be doing any of that. Your goal is just going to be get attention span. Cold audience, cold, cold, cold audience targeting. Okay, cool. So, um, okay. Um, so now we've been bumping up a bunch of against a bunch of people. Uh, I'm like on my fifth cup of coffee. We've been bumping up against a bunch of people. Uh, and we have these relations on social media over time. How does our strategy change as we start maybe having more cash flow and having more relations online? How does that strategy change? So it's it that's a good point. So when it comes to budget and strategy, 
when I'm first starting out with clients that haven't been advertising a lot, the budget is really heavy loaded on that cold audience side of things. Like really, really heavy loaded. And then we just kind of have a trickle on the warm audiences and then trickle on what I call hot audiences, people who we know are ready to purchase. It's just a trickle. But then over time, your strategy and budget are going to morph and shift and you need to you don't need to invest as much on the cold audience targeting anymore. You're probably going to have at some point really exhausted your reach of your entire local area until everybody's sick of you. <laughs> and then your your focus is going to be shifting more into um, really working those warm audiences to get those people who are just, you know, just watching videos till three seconds or more of the video to really honing in your marketing skills to go, okay, so we, we're cap- capturing people's attention to, the, to three seconds and then they're dropping off. How do we become better marketers? How do we capture that attention span longer, get them watching past the 15 second mark? How do we get them to watch 100% of that video and then claim an offer at the end of it? So there are different tactics. So you as an advertiser are going to learn and grow, but you're going to be shifting your budget into those different tactics as you grow. What are some um, of the, the the tools and resources out there that you know of as far to as far as how to become a better advertiser? Not so much on the Facebook ad side of things, but on the content creation side of things. So I'm a little bit biased. I'm the, the co-author of The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, and it's a full 360-degree look at uh, digital marketing in today's climate. So you'll be able to get a full look at everything that you need from everything from content creation to SEO to um, to ads to chatbots, all sorts. It'll give and that you book's available exposure. now. That's available now. Yeah, right, you can beautiful. find that on Amazon. We'll throw that in the, now, the show notes Now, when it comes well. to other, other recommended tools for content creation, um, I know I really harp on video. You do need video as part of your strategy. If you're, you're not in the video game already, you need to get started. But it's not doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to go and make these full productions. Um, lots of tools I'm using um, in video.io. That's a tool that's very, very inexpensive. They have tons of templates and they have probably one of the most robust stock video libraries I've ever seen. That was in so, video, like I in video. I N yep. In video dot I O. Okay. You can also use Canva to I make animated, animated, um, oh, you can do animations with, with Canva now. Well, that's, I've been, I've been delegating my Canva production. So clearly I haven't been kicking around in there as much as I should be. So, so you as an advertiser advertising this podcast, for example, you might have a static image, you know, with the, the speaker's name and an image and then the title of, of the podcast. And you might put that out as a static image. You could go into Canva and you can add animated elements and export that as a video file. And that counts as a video ad and that counts as video views. Beautiful. So it doesn't have to be complicated. And there are lots of different cheap cheap tools. Another tool I like to use is um, video, <clears throat> pardon me, video Leap. It's an app, Video Leap by Enlight. Um, so if you search Video Leap, it's, it's paid, but it's not very expensive, but it's a, it's a really, really good um, editor on your mobile phone on the go. And it can it can do vertical video as well. So lots of, there's, there's so many different tools for editing video and using the different resources that you have. Um, it doesn't have to be super complex, but, but you should also be focusing, like those are just the, the sort of the one-offs, the, the, piece, the things that you're feeding into it. There's a question here about TikTok videos. You can't be using those as, on Facebook as your ads. First of all, the algorithm will demote the heck out of it. Um, second of all, there's too much copyrighted music in it and and they don't translate as well. Most people on Facebook, for example, are watching video. 95% of the videos that are being served out there are being watched without sound. And what ends up happening is when you see your friends dropping TikTok videos on the Facebook Facebook feed, you see them like doing all these like funky dances that just look ridiculous because there's no music or context to it. So, <laughs> What videos, about InShot? Pardon me? InShot? 
Yep, InShot is another one. So the, there's so many. There's so many out there. But yeah. uh, where I was going with that is that it, as much as I'm saying, you know, you can go really low cost and low budget, very easy, use the apps and resources. Uh, you still need to have some pillar content that is high quality enough and represents your brand and your business. So if you are a steak and seafood restaurant and your average, you know, your average um, ticket price, um, your average purchase is, you know, $250 of a couple coming in and walking out the door, you're not going to be wanting to do all these really um, low budget ads all of the time. You need some pillar content. Um, I work with a lot of real estate teams and yes, we have some, we, especially the higher volume ones where we have tons of different properties rolling through. We're not going to do a high budget video for every single property. It's just not reasonable. But for certain properties that are in that like Goldilocks sweet spot, we know that, okay, it's let's invest $1,000 on a video crew. Let's go and produce a high quality piece of content and let's put 250 to $500 in ads behind that one piece of content. Because if I can get people to watch past the 15 second mark on that one piece of content, I've built a video view audience that I can retarget with all these these budget ads at a lower cost, lower rate, but I've got a captive audience. I love it. Awesome stuff. I think we can, we have about uh, eight minutes left to cover reports and optimizing. And I still want to leave some, some room for a Q and a at the end. So uh, can we, bu- can we button the, the, the budget and strategy up? Yep. We are good on that end. All right. Beautiful. Let's get into uh, reports and optimizing just sh- real quick hit all the elements you want to touch on. So I make sure we, we, we have room for everything before we have to wrap things up. Go for it. So I'll keep this one pretty simple because if you want to dig deeper into this one, I highly recommend checking out the four week Facebook ads bootcamp where week four, we go deep in this, but ultimately like, let me put it in context for you. Um, I have, uh, if you're listening to this, you can't see my background. You can't see what I look like, but I I'm pink. I'm high heels. I'm lipstick. I'm glitter. I'm glam. And that's my brand. But if I put my, if I do an ad with all the glitz and glam and glitter and put that on Instagram, for example, as an ad, sometimes those ads heavy deliver to a male audience. And I notice that my ads are skewing 95% male. Facebook is only, or Facebook and Instagram is only delivering it now to a male audience because I'm asking for engagements and only males are clicking on it and engaging with it. Well, that's going to that's going to skew my retargeting audiences over time if I just don't pay attention to that and let it run. And then before I know it, I'm only reaching a male audience. And I personally, as a business owner, do business with an equal 50-50 split when I look at my numbers at the end of the year. So I need to control that and make sure that I'm reaching the right mix of people. So to put that into context, if you are a restaurant owner and you have um, you have a youthful vibe to your place and you you attract a younger crowd if you're doing ads but those ads really look like stock photo images and they're they're not really hitting your they're not resonating with your target audience and if you go back in your reports and you notice that all right the main demographic that this ad is delivering to is 55 plus well are those the people that are coming in and doing business with you so if you're letting the ads run wild and not looking at the reporting, you might be looking at just that one metric of, oh, we got so many link clicks. Woohoo, good for us. But is it and the right audience? The ad costs are low. Yeah. But the reality is, yeah, it's the wrong people clicking on the link. And if you're not paying attention or know where to look in your ads, in your ads manager and where to peel back the reporting layers, you are going to be wasting your ad dollars again. So that's the that's using those stories kind of gives it frames it in the gist of you can have great, you can have build great ads. You can have um, the best intentions with your targeting. You can have a strategy that you're working with, but ultimately if you're not paying attention to the end result, you can't improve it. 
Okay. So what about A and B testing? Is that something that you coach your clients to do? If you have budget for it, if you have it. And, and the reason I keep, you know, kind of circling around on the, the lower budget, if you have budget, I know that um, there are, there's going to be a whole range of businesses in here. Some people are going to be spending, you know, multiple thousands a month in Facebook advertising. Some people are, you know, they've only boosted a $50 post here and there. But if you have a larger budget and you're getting to the point where you're, where you're starting to stretch and, and say, okay, we need to get a little more creative, um, then A-B testing can really help you uh, dial in on, okay, what imagery is working for us? What headlines are working for us? What uh, calls to action are working for us to get better results? So you can start doing some split testing. When you're new, the one area that you will have to be testing, however, is your audiences. You will want to try and create a few different audiences, test them, see which one works best for you. So I have an uh, example is I'm working with a romance novel author. And when we try to target um, when we try to target ads to retarget other or sorry, target other interests in other types of authors that are similar, our ad costs are quite high. It's an oversaturated audience. But then if we do our targeting based on people who like crafts and um, knitting and beadwork and, you know, different, it's a whole, it has nothing to do with romance and romance reading, but it's hitting that target demographic in a different way. And we compare those audiences against each other. When we first start doing our ads, you can see which one is performing better. And then, you know, okay, I'm going to start putting more of my budget and attention into the audiences that are working best for me. So there's a certain amount of testing. You can do your own testing or you can use the A-B testing features. If you're using Facebook's A-B testing features, make sure you have enough budget to, to support. So essentially you're doubling test. your budget because you're running two separate ads at the Pretty. same cost. Pretty much. And then so so if you can't double your budget, then there's a different way of A-B testing where, for example, maybe this week I run an ad with one audience and then and then next week I run an ad with a different audience. Your A-B test is just spanning over a longer period of time instead of running it simultaneously together. And then over time, the more you advertise, the more you look at your results, the more you start to get to the point where you kind of know what's working and what's not and you can improve slowly. Awesome. So the more budget you have, the faster you can improve, the less, well, it's just going to be a slower, so slower game. These reports are pretty accessible. From what I understand, you go to the Facebook manage, um, ads manager and there's a tab where you get all these reports. So the lesson here, um, there is no secret about accessing that information. It's just really stressing to pay attention to that tab. To really and look to, into well, this. And to learn how to look at your reporting. Because there are, there are so many different ways. There's the Facebook Ads Manager. There's Facebook Insights. There's Facebook Analytics. There's a lot of different places you can go and get that information. I also use um, Agora Pulse. I, I use that as my social scheduling tool. But they have some really, really robust, awesome, easy to understand reports in there. So I use a whole combination. So don't. the, the bottom line is... It's very easy to get overwhelmed with the reports, so it will it'll get easier on you as a business owner if you can learn what works best for you and what where to look for the numbers that make the most sense for you, and then having paying attention to it regularly and asking the deeper questions, not just looking at the just the one answer of okay, how many results did I get off of that campaign? It's asking for more context and looking for seeking out more information for context behind it. Okay, and which. Reports. If you can narrow it down to three reports that you like the most, the, where you're looking for your data, what three reports do you think do it for you the most? Um, let me let me give you two. So okay. I would suggest, first of all, just pay attention to your Facebook insights. So right from your page, as if, if you're an admin on a page, you have the option to look at page insights. Pay attention to that. On there, it'll tell you your reach, your impressions, and your video views. That's at the very the most basic level. Just pay attention to those. 
Um, the next step up from that is understand how to read the reports in Facebook's ads manager. And there isn't really necessarily a dedicated reporting tab. You'll have also those tabs for your campaigns, your ad sets and your ads. It can get a little bit confusing if you've not spent a lot of time in there, but play around in there and use the, there's a columns breakdown and you, it has a bunch of different um, reporting presets to look at all the data in different ways. So just start toggling around with those presets of your different columns and get familiar with with what those are. So for example, the reports for video views, if you have a video campaign, you'll want to use one of those presets for um, video to be able to see the video metrics. Whereas if you have a campaign for uh, traffic to your website, probably want to use a performance and clicks one to, and Facebook will just pull the data for you in a different way. You can make your own custom reports. You can go so far off the deep end, but at a basic level, Don't be afraid to click around inside Ads Manager to go seeking information. I love it. Awesome. Okay, one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to do a quick Q&A with the folks that joined us today. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure your profitability and restaurant success. Trusted by over 400 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the tools you need to streamline labor operations, communicate with your team, and retain your talent. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system system you already use and trust like toast turning labor into a competitive advantage for you and your business to get three months absolutely free head over to www.sevenshifts.com slash unstoppable that's the number seven s-h-i-f-t-s dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free get on it all right, we're back and we have some questions from the folks that joined us today. And if you guys are interested in joining all future workshops, live recordings, go ahead and please join the network. That's how you get to be a part of these conversations. Uh, Brandon, go ahead. What's your question? Uh, thanks, uh, Eric. Uh, Amanda, great, uh, great stuff. Um, when running ad campaign or ad um, adverts, and um, negative uh, negative comments are coming in. Negative feedback, you know, that always happens. You got trolls out there. You got just you know somebody that you pissed off. Um, what's your best um, use, or what 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 would be the best thing to do do with that? In your opinion, I know that's a really loaded question in a slot, but uh, for example, sometimes we'll use humor. Sometimes we'll be really sincere, or sometimes we'll just delete it. And I know it kind of depends on what it is, but anyway, I'd like to hear your insight on that. So in your in your page settings, you can actually fi- you can add filters, different words that you want to filter off of your page altogether. So by default, I think there's like a profanity filter that's usually set to about medium, but you can actually go in and take certain words. If you know there are certain negative words or um, any type of abusive words or things that or insults that are being used, you can use you can actually go and add those to your filter. Just add those words in, and then uh, anyone who tries to use those words, those comments will not even be posted. So that's that's one step. If it is a recurring problem, that's one way that you can try to curb it. Um, you can hide the comment, so you don't even have to engage or respond to that person. You can just hide the comment. That's another way of doing it. Or take the road of of trying to respond as best you can, either like you mentioned with with humor or lighthearted or sincerity, um, because a lot of people are going to see that. Yeah. It, the, the trolls are out there. They're going to happen. It is important for other people to see how well the business responds to it without getting your feathers ruffled. Um, 
but the it it's unfortunately I don't want to say it's fully unavoidable, but it's it's going to happen. So just being being ready to monitor those comments as they're coming in. Um, and I, I know I keep talking about Agora Pulse and full disclosure, I am an Agora Pulse ambassador. But one of the one of the things I like about using that tool is I can see those negative comments as they come in and I can respond right on the spot and it, you can connect your ads to it. So if you have an ad, if you have several different ads running, it's not like you can just go to your newsfeed and pull up that post and respond right there. You have to go digging, digging to find that notification and digging to find where exactly which ad of the three different versions of the ad I have out there did they comment on and then go in and deal with it. So at least with Aura Pulse, I have an inbox, one inbox, and it's all right there and I can ban people from the page right from there. So, Brent, does that answer your question? Do you, you have a follow-up question? All right. I think he is satisfied. Uh, Diva, I'm going to go ahead and unmute your mic and you can go ahead and ask your question. Oh, you're, you're partying. I love it. Perfect. <laughs> go uh, for it. Okay. So more than a question is curiosity. Uh, what would you recommend that we should have in our ads that, you know, some tips that we can add so that way we can catch that danger right away. I know every restaurant is different. Every business is different. But what you've seen, you know, maybe not that much text, more images, videos, like... Video number one, for sure. Less text on the images. I know you're allowed to add images on text now. Facebook used to have a 20% text rule. They've now scaled it back. They had a 20% text rule, and then they're like, okay, okay, now you can have text, but just going to charge you more money the more text you have. And now they're saying they've abolished that rule altogether. Mm -mm, It's still expensive to run ads with more text. But the more you make it look like an ad, the less people are going to engage with you. So I, I understand when it is a restaurant, yes, yeah, some of it does have to be an ad that can be more of a direct ask, but you can serve the ads to your warm audience. Um, when you're just trying to circulate those ads for attention span, using really using images that are like stock photos that are clearly stock photos aren't necessarily the best. Using images that are a little more raw and real, like an image of something like uh, a photo of the actual meal going out the door in the restaurant to the to the customer if the more real realistic and uh, authentic it can be the better response that you're going to get video content is going to be really important and if you're creating video content don't be dropping any logos in the front end of that video save that stuff for the end of the video you only have three seconds to capture that attention span to start with and your goal is to get them to watch past 15 seconds so make sure that it looks good and it's entertaining and it's scroll stopping in the really in the beginning and then you've got a little more flexibility after so try to avoid the more you can put in a mix of, you know, here's your daily special. It looks more like a poster or a, or text heavy. You can have those sprinkled in, but be serving those to an audience of people that you know are responding to you versus trying to push things that look like ads on people who have not been to your restaurant before. Beautiful. Um, Diva, do you have a follow-up question or did she answer your question fully or is there another angle that you did not have answered? Maybe um, keywords that you consider keywords um in in your industry you're, you're you're pretty lucky because you're not dealing with you know medical or real estate or financial services you're not really falling in under any of those restricted ad categories um and i guess depending on the nature of your business just try to avoid any words that could be considered political in nature or controversial um, because they, Facebook runs on AI filters. So it's artificial intelligence that's that's looking at every single ad, determining if it's approved, if it's not approved, and then where that's going to rank with the algorithm. So when it, the, 
there isn't really necessarily a direct formula on words not to use, but um, you, if I can give you some words of advice on how to position the ads, ultimately make it about them. It's not about you. So when I look at someone who's running an ad, I skim it. The first thing I do is skim it and I look for how many times they use the word I, me, us, we, our, and then I get it back to them and say, okay, let's reposition this so that it's not talking about you as the restaurant and the business and the benefit of you as a business. Let's, we're not talking about ourselves. We're not our own cheerleader. We are, we are talking about them. We are giving them the opportunity. We're making this about them. So if you can just kind of reposition it and reposition your calls to action um, to, to be very much about them, then it will help you get a higher conversion rate. All right, we have two minutes left. There's, if there's any other questions that popped into your head, uh, give me a head nod or shake your head no if you guys are good to go. If you are good to go, we can say thank you to Amanda. And I do want to say, Diva, I'm headed to Florida in like a week, and I love the sound of that music. You better have a margarita ready for me. I'm coming to visit. Um, <laughs> awesome. Um, thank you. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today uh, to talk about Facebook marketing ads and best practices. Anything we should know about you, uh, how to connect, uh, any calls to action, things we should know about that you got going on. Now's the time to get it out. Well, if you want to learn Facebook ads from the ground up and all four of those components we talked about today from creating ads to audiences and targeting, budget and strategy and reporting and optimizing, I really highly recommend you check out the four-week Facebook ads boot camp, part of my Swift, Swift Kick in the Ads membership. Um, I rerun that boot camp every other month. So once you're in, you're in it for life and you can retake it as often as you want so you can stay current with how often Facebook changes. Yes. You can find all of that over at swiftkickintheads.com. And if you want to find me for any Facebook ads help or consult, you can find me everywhere around the web at the digital gal or the digitalgal.com. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time today. I'll have uh, those links uh, to connect with you um, in your courses and your book in the show notes. Again, this is restaurantunstoppable.com slash 787. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 787. Uh, we'll summarize today's discussion. Again, we'll have everything that we that is possible to link to linked to uh, again. Thank you so much, Amanda. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much. We'll cut it there. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys found value in today's workshop going deep into Facebook ads, uh, Facebook ad best practices. I know I was enlightened in today's episode and I hope you were enlightened too. So uh, as you're listening to this, I am in Florida hustling, going hard, connecting with and sharing the stories of some of Florida's most successful restaurateurs. Um, if you have any recommendations for me, I'm all ears. Shoot me an email, eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Um, I think I'll be just a few days in Florida as you're listening to this. So I'll have plenty of time to follow up on your leads and recommendations. Uh, and I'm all ears. So please do reach out to me and uh, just a heads up of what we got going on in the network. I'm so excited about this network guys up to 128 members at the time of this recording, probably more now because uh, this is, this was recorded about a week from when this episode goes live. Uh, and we're, the things we're doing, we're coming together in the network. We're sharing knowledge. I'm connecting you with my guests uh, as I'm in Florida right now, I'm asking all these guests I get on the show to come hang out with us in the network for about a half hour to an hour to do some pure mentoring. So if you enjoy some of the episodes that are going to be coming down the barrel and you want to connect with these people I'm featuring on the show, keep in the back of your mind that you can literally connect with them and ask any of the questions you want. So keep that in your mind as you're listening to this, that you can have an opportunity to connect with these restaurateurs. And if you 
if you want, I'll give you a 30 day trial to come test out the network and to, to be a part of this, this mission to inspire, empower and transform the industry by coming together. Uh, really excited about what's going on over there. Uh, when I get back from Florida, we're going to be hosting two live courses that we'll record and we'll sell later on uh, as a package or, you know, we'll just package those later on and sell as a recorded version. But you can come join us live um, if you're interested. And the way you do that is by joining the network and heading over to the courses tab and then purchasing these courses. We have two courses. We have food costing with Rudy Mick, uh, which is going to be a six week course. Uh, Rudy Mick will be our instructor. Lots of respect for Rudy. One of the most accomplished consultants in the game. We also have Scott Landers from figure eight consulting joining us to talk about unstoppable delivery or delivery unstoppable is what we're calling the course. It's going to be a through Z everything you need to know to create a native delivery program in your restaurant. This is huge right now with all those third parties stealing your money. So come hang out with us in the network. I can't wait to meet you until next time. Peace out.